It was simple. Walk with Jesus. Amen. And I ain't talking about just walking with him in the same area as him, but walk with him hand in hand. But like if I go to, me and you go on a walk, and we're going to go walk around Walmart, and we're at the same building in Walmart, and then you go 12 aisles over from me, we ain't walking, are we? We're walking together in Walmart, but we're not intimately walking together. That's the difference. You can have a walk with God, or you can have an intimate walk with God. An intimate walk with God is where you're hand in hand, side by side, talking, being intimate with each other. That's where you find peace. That's where you find strength. Because in Him is peace. He's the Prince of Peace. In Him is rest. In Him is a love that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't matter what the world says about us. It don't matter what we say about ourselves. Because as we all know, we can all be our our own worst enemy a lot of the times. Amen. I know I am anyway. Say I make Satan's job way too easy. But here's the thing. Don't matter what the world says about us because what the world's full of lies and deceit anyway. Matthew ten twenty two uh, tells us and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. So that tells us the world's going to hate us for Jesus' sake. Uh, so outside of our Christian circles and different things, when we really get into the world, it's going to hate us when you start declaring the Word of God and the name of Jesus because Scripture tells us they're going to hate you for my name's sake. Don't hate you for being you because if you're fitting in with the world and the world's not hating you, add two and two together. But you start bringing God and being different. We can't just escape the world because we're in the world, right? But what are we to do in the world to declare the uh, Word of God to the lost? It doesn't matter what we say about ourselves. What matters is what God says about us. And He says we are worthy. Not because what we have or haven't done. That's what I was saying earlier. You're worthy to come to God if you're here this morning and you don't know God, you're not too unworthy to come to God. Amen. That's what I'm saying. Because it ain't about what you do or don't do. If, 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 if that was possible, this room would have nobody in it. And if you do know God and you've fallen away or you're struggling with things or whatever on the other aspect of that, you're worthy to come to Him and talk to Him and be forgiven and redeemed and all of that because He says you are. And the reason is because of what he done on the cross makes us worthy. When we are in him and he, he declares us worthy, it's one for me to struggle. I struggle with all the time. He claims us righteous. Because you know, I know me. And each of us know each other. We always come short. It don't matter how good and how hard we try. We always fall short. Always in some shape, form, or fashion. We don't say things right. We don't do this. We don't handle this right. We speak out of anger. There's a million things that we can apply to that. But he says that we're righteous because he was righteous. We've got to understand that it's not about us separated from God. We're in God. We're redeemed and loved. Psalms 139 tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. So when you're looking in that mirror and all these thoughts just running through your head, think of that. We're made in God's image. And we're a child of God. Do we still mess up and make mistakes? Absolutely. But that's not what defines us. Amen. What defines us is our desire to keep fighting. That's the difference. Staying in the Word so that we can be conformed to the image of Christ. And I'm going to leave you with this verse. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. He says, Not that I have already attained or am I already perfected, but I press on. Amen. Say that to yourself this morning. I'm pressing on. 
that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So think about that. Leave the past in the past. If you was dealing with something yesterday, that's the past, ain't it? If you was dealing with something on the drive to church this morning, that's in the past. If you was dealing with something five minutes ago, that's in the past. Leave it in the past and look forward and reach to what's ahead. And what's ahead is eternity with Christ Jesus in heaven. Amen. God is bigger. The God that's in us is bigger than what's out there. So just lay hold of that this morning. So anybody who's dealing with anything, struggling of those type of natures, you are worthy. Amen. It's a good word this morning. Good time of worship. And I like JJ, I'm blessed, feel blessed, feel like God's worked in my life already. And we just pray that you're, you're the same way this morning and that you just soak up, soak all this up that you're receiving today. You know, you've been prayed for before you ever got here this morning, I promise. And if it wasn't nobody but me, you was prayed over. Not, I didn't call everybody by name. I didn't know who was going to be here. But I prayed over all these seats and everybody that filled them this morning. And you're in these seats this morning and you're filling them. And so you've been prayed over. And, and that's part of the, what, what our, we've been called to do is to pray for each other and lift each other up. And, and so as I pray for you, you pray for me. You pray for this church. You pray for everybody you see in here. And, and then when we come together, then we can, we can lift the name of Jesus up in one body and one accord as he's called us to do. And we can lift each other up at the same time. So it's good to see you all this morning. Glad you're here. Everybody awake? You good? I know I asked this past few weeks, but I've seen some yawning already. I'm looking over some way. I saw her over there earlier. I won't call you out, Dawson. I told him I was going to talk about him. He was trying to big boy me this morning already. Smart off. I said, I wrote his name down. He said, no, don't do that. I said, well, you brought it on yourself. But no, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Wonderful to be here this morning. Um, don't forget the, the strawberries. You know, the sale's over and, and pickup is tomorrow, right? Jenny, what time? Three o'clock tomorrow. So if you three to six. All right. So if you order chocolate covered strawberries, you can pick it up tomorrow afternoon from three to six. And for others that you sold to, don't forget to tell them that. They can they can pick those up here um, in the fellowship hall from three to six tomorrow. And thank everyone that worked and sold. And I don't know. Well, do you know the total number that we raised for our building fund? $1,230. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you all. Thank you for, and I know there's people staying over today that's going to dip strawberries. So I told them I quit dipping a few years ago. So I don't, I don't dip anymore. <laughs> My wife did not like that joke. Um. So if, I think they're going to have some sandwiches in the back. So if you stay, there's going to be food back there that y'all can, uh, y'all can eat. And we thank all y'all for, for working and helping with that. All right. Um, I think that's all the announcements. Besides, now, Sharon, Barbara, I, she told some of y'all Wednesday night. If you don't know, you can like her on Facebook or get with her after church, and she'll give you a little website to, to go to. Her dog, she asked me to announce this, and this has nothing to do with Godly stuff whatsoever. This is just something that she asked me to announce. I'm going to announce it. And I voted myself. So you can go on and vote for her little puppy that's going for this magazine. Sharon? It's for a magazine. And and so so anyway, just uh, get with her, vote for the little dog. And, and they're trying, I think it's ninth place. It needs to be in fifth place by the 16th. So it's a free vote every day. It don't cost you anything. You can pay, but uh, one vote a day don't cost you nothing. Yes, ma'am. All right. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Yep. 
They all go vote. That's right. Well, all right. Well, let's receive our offering. Yes, ma'am. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, all right. Um, to receive our offering this morning, we've got a few prayer requests. You see, we've got several out that's sick, um, not feeling well. I know uh, Wayne Cryer called this morning, and Connie's not feeling good. And, and so I uh, want to remember them in prayer. Um, remember Sonia Shackelford. Um, she was, you know, we had, I had it up, set up yesterday and this morning. She's going to get baptized today. Well, I got a call this morning that she is not feeling well, blood pressure issues, I think, stuff like that. So I don't know what I was going on, and so we need to lift her up in prayer because, you know, there's a sickness going around. We all know that, you know, whatever, flu, COVID, cold, all that mess is going around. We know, and, and it's not particular on who gets it. But we do serve a God, and we still believe in the power of prayer and the power of healing, right? And so our God is bigger than the sickness that's going around. And, and, and Satan, and I'm not saying Satan made Sonia sick or not feel good or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But he used anything against anybody to keep them from doing what God's told them to do. Right? And, and so we want to pray against those things in, in her life and in other people's lives. Um, and so we want to pray for Miss Jeannie Jacobs this morning. She told me she was hurting, not feeling well, but she said the devil tried to make her get her in her mind not to come today, but she's here. She said, I'm going to prove him wrong. And so that's faith right there. That's, that's just watching God work in her life. Um, Cameron this morning, he's not feeling good. So remember her, Miss, Miss Pat asked for prayer for her great-grandson, Nico. Um, and that's her granddaughter, Brooke's son. So we want to pray for him. If you can't remember those names, lift them up. Okay, just say, God, whatever's going on. And if you know somebody that needs prayer, pray for them this morning as we pray. It's not, I don't have the power, no more power to pray than what you do. Right? We all have that power and authority for it's out of God to pray to Him. Look to Him. And, and watch Him work in our life. So, so let's pray this morning as we receive our offering. Heavenly Father, we love You and we praise You. We thank You for the time we've had together already. Thank you for your word that's come forth, for the time that, that we've got to uh, sing praises back for you and, and, and to you. And, Father, because of all the things you've done for us, God, we can give back and do what you've called us to do. Now, God, I just ask that you're with us in this service today, Father, that you touch and move in hearts and lives this morning, that your spirit rest and, and move through this place on each and every one, God, that we open up and receive this morning what you would have for us to receive. God, we just lift these up to you in prayer. We pray for Nico this morning, God, that you touch him. God, health and healing on all of these that we mentioned this morning. Cameron, for not feeling well this morning, God, that you touch him. Be with Sonia this morning and the blood pressure, the headaches, whatever's going on. Father, that you touch and move in her life. We pray for Connie Cryer, that, Father, that you touch and whatever bug that she may have or whatever thing's going on, we'll leave and we'll call it done. We'll command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. Pray for Jenny Jacobs, God, that you touch her, continue to heal her, God, according to her faith, God, that she wants to come and she wants to come here and, and show Satan that he's not in control of her life and that she can do these things and believe in you. And Father, we just thank you for health and healing and you're working and moving in people's hearts and lives this morning. God, we just love you and we praise you for everything you've done and you're doing for us. Thank you for this offering. God, that you touch and bless this morning each and everyone's life. In Jesus' name, amen. And hopes in Jesus, thank God, my yesterday's gone, right? Yesterday's gone. Sin's gone. Amen. All right, children can go to children's church, nursery, wherever they're going to go this morning. Amen. Well, as they're going, the rest...
of us can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where we'll start at this morning. On our third message on, on faith, and we've entitled this Your Faith, because we look and, and everyone that, that Jesus touched and healed, He said, according to your faith, right? According to your faith be made whole, according to your faith. And, and so, you know, our faith needs to be built up, needs to be stronger, and through this, and we've learned the past, the past couple of messages, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And, and then, you know, that's how, that's the, the meaning of faith, and that's how we get faith. Or the meaning of faith is what we said. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so we, we, are, we get faith, we build our faith up in the Word of God each and every day. Talking with God. Spending time with Him, opening the Word, reading it, coming and listening to sermons and, and, and preaching, good Word preaching on Sundays as we meet together. Taking time during the week to, to find some, something to listen to that lifts us up and builds our faith up. That's how we're going to build our faith. And, and so when, when, the, when the storms in life come and those things happen in our life, we'll know that we're strong in faith through God and we can walk through those things and God's in control the whole time because we know that we put our faith and trust in Him. And, and so, you know, last week I mentioned, and, and we talked about some, and, and you know, I hope nobody got confused about anything that I said. Nowhere did I, did I mean that, that if you've got a nice vehicle, nice home, nice this, that you're living in sin or you don't have no faith in God because you signed a note. Or you signed a, a, a something, you, you pay a payment on something. Because that's not what I was getting at. Because I said, you know, God don't mind us having nice things. He don't want nice things having us. Because that goes straight back to the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. And when you put possessions on this earth and things you've got to have over what you need to give to God, then those things have got you and they become your God. Because that's all you can see. So, so I wanted to not clear things up, but I wanted to make sure that people understood where I was coming from. Don't, don't feel bad because, well, I've got a couple car payments. And I guess I don't have any faith. That's, that's not what I was getting at at all. I want us to look to God. I want us to trust in God and be able to believe in Him. That, that, and, and we said the first message that if we, if we just limit faith, and our faith in God and how we got to paint a pretty picture for everybody to just having more possessions on this earth and the get rich, get rich quick scheme that, that, you know, is, is preached in churches and prosperity, which is nothing wrong with it. God wants us to be prospering and good health and all these things. But if we limit that just to these earthly possessions, then we're missing out on so much more than what God has for us. So I want to go this morning and you can, you can see you're in second Corinthians chapter five. In verse 7, Paul is, is talking here about our earthly body, about this earthly tent in these verses before this. And, and what we see, and, and, you know, we long to be with Jesus. If, we, if, you're, if you're a saved follower of Christ on this earth, our, our goal is to be in eternity with heaven with Him, right? So we see that, and that's what we want. We want to be there with Him. But we're not there yet. But in, in, in chapter 5 and verse 7, He just makes this statement, We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith, and that's great. I've heard it preached a lot in my life. We walk by faith, but how do we walk by faith? Are, are we closing our eyes and just saying, Alright, God, I'm walking blindly, and then and I'm going to fall off. Well, So, so if, it's not talking about walking blindly in this world or not seeing things that's going on around us and not seeing what's right in front of us. It's, it's we're seeing these things because what we see, that's reality, right? What, what you're seeing now is real. You're not in some fiction. This is not the matrix. You didn't take the blue or the red pill to see something different in your life or to be in some, some different world in your life. You're, this is reality. Life at home is reality right now. Things may not be great where you're at, but it's real in your life, and you know it's real. And if I just say, well, you need to walk by faith, you say, all right, then how do I do that? How do I walk by faith? How do I just say, all right, God, here, 
take it, and I'm just going to walk. That's how we've got to do each day. It's like I heard Bradley tell Bobby Brad this morning that that he said he said I'm Brad said I'm having a good day, and Bradley said Yeah, you got one step at a time. It's one step at a time, and that's how we walk by faith, one step at a time. But we don't walk blindly by faith. We don't just cast our seed out there, cast something out there and say, all right, God, here it is. Because if we get to that point, then we can get to where we're thinking we're living in an imaginary world and nothing, nothing's going to happen to us. Well, that's not the case in our life. We know that. Every one of us knows that we have problems and pains and difficulties and trials and circumstances and real life things that go on. But we've still got to learn how to live by faith and walk by faith and quit looking at the things just set around us all the time. Because that's easy to do. We look, and we talked about it this morning some before we prayed. J.J. brought it up. If anybody, and I didn't watch the Grammys, I didn't see, I saw some headlines. But if you saw anything about it, then the main thing that there are a lot of people showing is the guy with the red suit and the horns on his hat and everybody bowing down to him, and he's dressed like Satan. And, and, and the song, and I didn't even know that until J.J. said it, that the song's called Unholy, that he sings. And, and so, you know, that's, and the world, all oh, just praising him. Such, such a good song. He did such a great performance. No, that's, that's not anything. So we can look at that. We can watch the news every day. You can, you can see all these other things, whatever social media, whatever's going on. And if you just live by what you see there, then all you're going to see is a bunch of, a bunch of filth, a bunch of destruction, a bunch of pain, a bunch of covetousness, a bunch of fakeness, a bunch of all this stuff that people want you to see. And none of that's living by faith. Because that's what we see. That's what's going on. So we look, we walk, we drive by and look at gas prices. They're going up. That's real, right? Well, the, the, the faith part of that is that I'm going to believe God that He's going to meet and supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. And I'm going to be obedient to His Word and I'm going to give. I'm going to, I'm going to do what He's told me to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to trust in Him completely. And then when I pull up into the gas station, I don't have to worry about well, I just, I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to fill up. Because we start talking that when we see the gas prices, then we pray, hey, God, take it. I'm walking by faith. I want my faith to be built up. But then we speak those things of doubt into them. I don't know how I'm going to do this. That's doubt. When we're no longer walking by faith, we're again, then again putting it on our own strength and our own, our own way of doing things. And then we, we, we're going back to what we can see. And that's all we can look at. And so, if we go by that and live by that, then when we wake up in the morning and, ba- and something bad happens tomorrow, then that's all we're going to look at. And that's all we're going to see is that. And we're not going to, we're going to forget God ever existed for a moment. You know, I know people that, that God's healed. I mean, I've seen it physically in my life. They wanted the church to pray. We prayed and we believed wanted God to move, and God moved and healed their body from something that, that was going on in their life. I've also seen those same people, once they wanted God to do all this for them, and we had faith then. We had faith at that moment because we needed something. Because I, I needed it, okay? I needed it. And we want God whenever we need Him. That's how we think about faith a lot of times. I don't need faith because I don't need God right now because things are going good in my world, in my reality. They're going good, so I don't need God. And, and so I've seen those same people that we prayed and believed and watched God perform a miracle in their life. If you believe miracles still happen or not, I don't care. I saw it happen because the scan showed one thing here and another thing here, and it was gone. Kathleen's living proof of it. And she's not the one I'm talking about that walked away, okay, because she's still right there. God healed her of cancer, and it's not there anymore. She gets a report every year, and it's not there. It's not coming back. So, so God can still work and still heal. But they healed them of this, and you don't see them anymore. God's not relevant in their life. There's no faith relevant in their life. They're, it don't look like salvation's relevant in their life. Well, what happened? The reality was that I was bad, but now I'm good. Their, their sight was, well, I need God now, but I don't. 
I needed God then, but I don't now because things are better. And then we, we put God back in our box and we put him up on our shelf and we don't worry about it. So no longer we're walking by faith because we don't need faith right now. We don't need this in our life. But we need God and we need faith in our life every day because if we only walk by sight and what we can see, then we're going to walk through problems and walk through pains in our life and we're not going to know what to do. We're not going to know how to take them. And then when we do that, we are walking blindly through this life. When you're walking on your own strength and your own merit and your own accord and God's nowhere around you walking blindly through this life. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. There's where I work, my job, I check vibration stuff, and I've talked about it here before, on machinery and bearings and different things like that on motors. So there's a company out there, and, and they make a camera that's about that big. And through this, I can, I can set it up, and I can look at a piece of equipment and if you've worked in a plant or whatever construction job site, you've seen a motor fan set up on a piece of equipment, steel, whatever. And if that joker's moving and we're having issues with it, and there's movement that's going on that we can't see with our naked eye. But I can take this little camera that's like this big, it's like thirty, forty thousand $40,000 for this little camera, and each pixel, because we know screens have got pixels in them, is like a vibration sensor. And I can pinpoint on that, and I can amplify that, and I can see that thing moving. It's great. It's a game changer. Because if you've ever seen any vibration analysis from anything, vehicle-wise, plant-wise, whatever, it's a bunch of squiggly lines. So I could take you and say, all right, look at this time waveform in the spectrum. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah. So two people. But the rest of you like, I, I, that don't show me nothing. Like you don't see that high one-time running speed right there? And them harmonics? I don't know what you're talking about. Of course, I didn't either five years ago. Okay, I promise. But, so you got to learn it. But I can take this camera and show you the same thing and show you it actually moving. And it'll show the movement of it and how far it's moving and what you need to, not what you need to do to fix it, but how you can possibly come up with conclusions to fix these things. So we had a guy, a salesman in for some new stuff that they got here a few weeks ago. And we was talking, and their slogan is, seeing is believing. And that's great. And I thought about this a couple years ago, and it's just, you know, basically last year. And seeing is believing. Well, seeing is believing. Walking by faith is seeing. We're believing what we're seeing. There's no issue with that. I can see the things that's happening right there. I believe that those things are true in my life right now. I believe that that's real. So I was talking to him, and I was, and we was talking about their slogan and, and stuff like that. Anyway, and I said, I'm going to use y'all's slogan in a sermon. And he just kind of looked. I said, I don't know where you are in your, you know, your life as far as your spiritual life. I said, but what we preach and we believe is that as Thomas. And I said, you know who Thomas is? And he's like, no. So obviously this guy's not didn't know the story of Jesus. So I didn't go into in depth with him, but I said, look, I said the way I teach and believe, the way I believe, is is like what Jesus did to Thomas. He told Thomas, and we're going to read this in a few minutes. You know, Thomas came and, and he said, you know, blessed are you, you know, you've seen and you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. And he just kind of looked at me with a deer in the headlight look like, what are you talking about? I was like, sure, it's great to see, and I believe it because I'm seeing it, but I believe in a God that I've never seen. You believe in a God that you've never seen, right? So we, we can't say if we, we are walking by faith in that sense. If you are saved today, guess what? You're walking by some kind of, you're, you're walking by faith because you believed in a God that you couldn't see. You believed in those things and you haven't seen them yet. Not like this. And, and so he didn't understand, but in, in John chapter 20, Let's just read a few verses of that real quick. In John chapter 20, verse 24. And we're going to look at Thomas's reality. And how we can be that same person a lot of times with things going on in our life. We can be, and, I, and I'm, 
a doubting Thomas. That's what, that's what he's always been known as my whole life growing up. If you grow up in church, you've heard of Thomas. You've heard of well, that's doubting Thomas right there. And, and so he says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came the first time he came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks on his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. We've all been there, right? Unless I see this happen in my life, unless God, you do something different than what you're doing now, because we all throw it back to God. Because it's God that always in our bad times need to change and not us, seems like. God, you're not doing this in my life. Where are you at, God? Why are you not here? Why am I not seeing you move in my life and my situation? Why are you not changing this person? Why are you not making this better for me? Because we're on our own pedestal. And, and so, he said a week later the disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was set among them and said, peace. And, and so, was set with them. Through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas. Jesus wasn't around whenever Thomas said this, but he knew the doubt and unbelief that Thomas had because he had dealt with it for three and a half years before this. So he knew that Thomas had to be visual and see what was going on. So he appeared to Thomas. He appeared to Thomas through his time of unbelief. You don't think God can appear to you and show you things during your disbelief in your life? You don't think God can show up just for you just like He did with Thomas? So look, I'm doing this for you. I've done all this for you. So he told Thomas, said, look, here's the nail prints. Touch them. If you've got to physically see what I've done for you, then touch these nail prints in my hands. You know, touch my side. Look, here, here's where they gathered me. And so he said, Jesus came and stood. He said, put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said, my Lord, my God. That, you know, Thomas believed at that point. And we've all been there a lot of times in our life where God showed up and moved just like those people that I was talking about earlier moved in their life. Oh God, I believe. I believe when we came to Jesus in our life, we said, God, I believe. I want you to be Lord of my life. We believed. We, we saw that and something's happened a lot of times in our life because we let the reality of our life right now, just like Thomas was. Thomas's reality was that hey, I just saw Jesus three, or, you know, two weeks ago die on the cross. I just saw that, okay? I saw him hanging there. I saw them put the nails in his hand. I saw this, that was his reality. I saw him, I saw them put him in that tomb. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. That was his reality. He was walking by sight. So we saw those things. It's easy. It's, it's, we see things in our life, and that's what we get stuck on is what we see and, and what's going on around us. So Thomas had to see to believe, had to see those things to believe. But Jesus, Jesus showed up in his time of unbelief. He can do the same for you. He has for you in your life, and you know that. He's shown up, and not, not in the way that you want him. Because Thomas's reality is what, no, he's dead in that grave. I don't care what you tell me. I'm not believing it until I see it myself. A week later, he saw it for himself. It may be, it may be years later before you see the evidence of God, what you've been praying for in your life, but don't stop praying for it. Don't stop. Because when you stop believing, then you're looking back and your reality is just this all the time. How many said before, well, I guess this is the way it's always going to be? I have. I guess there's nothing else. Marriages end all the time because husband and wife, whichever one's unhappy, and look and say, was well, this it? Is this all we got? I don't feel the goosebumps anymore. I don't feel this thing in my life. I, you know, it, it's just different now. Well, of course, because you're older. You, 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 you do different things than what you used to. And, and it's, that's all we go through life and we get, we move that into our spiritual life. We go to church on Sundays and then we get the attitude, is this it? Is this it? My reality now is, is not, I'm, I'm not really getting anything out of it. There we go putting back on my eye pedestal again. I, I'm not getting anything. 
I've said this before and we'll say it numerous other times. If you're here just for you, then you're here for the wrong reason. You need to be here for you to get better, but we're here because Jesus commanded us to be here. We're here to give back to Him. We're here to receive and we're here to give back. So, so worship, we talked about worship before. Worship to Jesus is not I to Jesus. Jesus is not coming back worshiping me. It's for me to worship Him. And, and everywhere we've looked through, throughout the time, history, and people are worshiping a king, they're on their knees bowing down toward the king. On the, on, you know, because they reverence Him in that, that respect. They reverence that. And, and so we need to... Stop being the Thomas that has to see everything and believe because we want our faith to grow and faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Then we know that hey, someday we're going to see it. Someday we're going to see it. Abraham waited 99 years to see the promise, didn't he? A whole lifetime. How many years did Noah build the ark? 80, 100 years, something like that. That's a lifetime for people. Until they saw the promise that God had said, hey, this is what you're going to do, and this is what's going to come about, but it's going to take time. We don't like that term. We don't like the term, it's going to take time. We want it now. We want it now. We don't like, it's going to take time. You just say, God, I don't have time. We've got the same 24 hours in a day that we've always had. We fill it up with so much other stuff that we don't think we have time. Because that's our reality. That's what we live in. And, and so he goes on to say, Thomas said, My Lord and my God, then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me and have, you have believed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. That's us today. He's talking about us. We've never seen Jesus, but yet we believed on his name. So, so Thomas's reality become different because he saw Jesus and saw what he'd done for him and was able to touch those hands. But yet we believe. So just as Jesus showed up for him, and his time is unbelief. Jesus is still the same faithful God. Our God is still the same faithful God that He was then. He's the same now. So at some point in our life, we've got to turn our faith into trust. And I heard that a couple of weeks ago, and it took me a second. I'm like, well, what does that matter? Well, because I can have faith, kind of, when my children were at home. I would have, hopefully, faith that they would go out and do the right thing and come home that night. But there's a point to where it's like, hey, I really don't trust them. You ever get there? <laughs> right? I don't trust them. And so, when we don't trust and our faith in them starts to wane. Because then we don't have the faith in them to do what they, we think they need to do because we can't trust them because we've seen evidence of things that they do to where we can't trust them. And I told all of mine, look, I will trust you until you give me something I can't trust you about. And then when you do that, then you're going to have to earn my trust back. And, and so, studying for this the past couple of weeks in, the, in this particular one. And so I'm not trying to use a bunch of outside analogies, but this has come to me. So whether you're, whether you're an Alabama-Auburn fan, most people like one in this state and follow football, right? And so, fortunately, I'm an Alabama fan. <laughs> and so, and so Saban hired two assistant coaches. One of them been in the industry for 39 years, but it wasn't like, ooh, they got Kevin Steele. It's great, you know. We're going awesome on D. And it wasn't one of those hires. But it, and then another guy that's that's their offensive coordinator is 30 years old. And so there's a lot of people chattering, Bama fans especially. Oh, he's, he's just messed up. You hear that. But more of what you hear, and I said it myself, I caught myself saying it last week because, you know, you talk about things like this at work. And, and I said, well, he's proven himself. I trust him. I trust him. I trust a man that's just the same as me. And say, yeah, he's going to do a good job. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have hired those unless he knew what he was doing. And it felt like the Holy Spirit speaking to me when I said that. That we can trust a man to do something like that. I don't know Nick Saban from Adam's house cat. Never met him. He, I walked up to him and shook his hand. He wouldn't say, hey, Mark Carroll, how you doing? How's the church doing? Family doing good? 
you Tanner, your grandson, he don't know me. I don't know him. But I, you know, I can say, oh, I trust him. I don't know that I can trust him. But yet when things in our own life and our spiritual life go wrong or something gets hard, you, we, God, I hope you know what you're doing. Right? Are you sure, God? Are you sure you're telling me to do this? Are you sure that this is what, what it's all about? I, I don't know. I don't know that that's you speaking to me, God. Because this is going to be tough. You know, I, I don't know. Are you really telling me to go over and speak to that person? You know I can't do that. So, so we do all these things and say all that about a man, somebody we trust that we don't even know, but a God that sent His Son Jesus to this earth to die on the cross for our sins and do all these things for us and tell us like we heard about this morning about who we are through Him, what we can have through Him, what He said about us, we'll, we'll question that. Oh, I've got faith in God, but do you really trust God? Do we, and I, trust me, I've struggled with this this week. I've had to ask forgiveness and search myself. Because I know in my own life, like J.J. was talking about, I know who, who this is looking make, like back at me in the mirror. I know what I do when nobody else is around and what I think and what Satan tries to tempt me with and do all these things. All right, I know that. I know me. And, and so, so we say we have faith in God, but do we really trust God? Do we really trust that He's going to take care of us? Do we really trust that we say, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight, and I'm going to give everything to you because I trust you to take care of those things for me? When we say that, it sounds great. That's super spiritual. It is. I can stand up here and say it, and y'all think, he's got it all together. No, I don't. I don't at all. My faith and trust and hope is in God and God alone. But there's times Mark Carroll pulls that back and puts his trust in himself. And pulls those things back that I say, I'm giving God. And then I make a phone call because I'm mad. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? You know something's wrong. And you want to fix it yourself because God's not doing it on your timeline. And doing it your way. And you want to do those things. And you want to fix those things. And you want it fixed now. But that's not the way God works, is it? But so we've got to not only walk by faith and not, and not by sight, we've got to trust God and trust Him completely and trust Him alone. And it's going to take time. Like we said, Noah waited for years and years and years to see God work and God move in his life. Moses led the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt, right? Moses was on, on the mountain with the Ten Commandments coming down. And they're down there building idols. Moses had faith in God and trusted God through the whole time. But guess who didn't get to go into the promised land? Moses. Right? He, he told him, he said, because of your unbelief, because you've done this, you will not go into the promised land. He said, well, that's tough. He worked all those years for him. Yeah, and God worked with him through all the years of doubt and unbelief. He worked with him through all those hundreds of thousands of children of Israelites with doubt and unbelief, didn't he? Just like He's still working with us today through our doubt and unbelief. He's still showing up through those times. He's still proving Himself time and time again. So turn your faith into trust and trust Him today. Don't let those things go by because I want to please God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Verse 6. I think maybe the last one, Clay. Cole. If if you want to read about faith and 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 the different ones in the Bible who have faith and and has had faith and and doing all these things, then Hebrews chapter eleven is a good place to start. All right, just so I can let y'all know if I didn't know that Hebrews chapter eleven, Romans chapter four, read those because it's all it's it's the faith. Hebrews chapter eleven is the faith chapter, and if if you wanted to, we can read all thirty nine verses this morning. Y'all looking like maybe not. So we're gonna read a couple of them though. So, the writer of Hebrews, talking about faith, we read this one a couple of weeks ago in verse 1. Now, faith is the substance thing hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's in the same chapter. He goes on now and talks about Abel, talks about Enoch. But in verse 6, he says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
Please who? God. Not myself, but God. Impossible. Impossible. Well, I thought God loved me no matter what. He does. He does. But are we pleasing Him? I want to please God. So I need to have faith in my life to please God. I need to walk by faith and not by sight. He says, he goes on to say, For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that his rewarder are those that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Not just on a whim, not just every other day, not just once a week, not just, you know, when I think about it, but diligently seek him. Diligently. If you need examples of people that were that had faith in their life and God worked through them, everyone that you read about is not perfect. Nobody in there is. So if you compare yourself against them, well, they're in the Bible. The, you know, they, they should have been great. They was, but they all had their own issues. I do want to read the last, the last few verses of chapter 11 real quick before we go. In verse 30. Because the writer said he didn't have time to, to, to go into all of these verse by verse and talk about them like he did some of these others. He says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after, after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the, the spies for peace. And, and what more shall I say for, for the time would fail me to... To tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead to raise to life again. Others were tortured, not accepted through deliverance not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourging, yes, of chains and of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens of caves of the earth. You say, why would I want to live by faith then? All these bad things happened to these people. Yes, they did. But they stayed true to God and saw the promise of God in their life. It goes on to say they didn't receive the promise, and that's talking they didn't get to see Jesus as, as what was promised and prophesied, but yet God took care of them. I believe they're in heaven now. I believe that we'll get to see them when we get there and, and, and talk with them about these things. And, and who knows? Who knows the conversations that are going on? But yet they didn't lose faith, did they? They walked by faith. They walked knowing that God was going to take care of them. They walked knowing that God was true in their life. And they trusted God no matter what. Sure, they messed up. And they wasn't perfect. But, but always kept God where, kind of where He needed to be. But put their faith and hope in Him. And trusted in Him. So what's keeping us today from walking by faith? What's keeping you today from walking by faith? What's keeping you from turning your faith in God into trust in Him completely and trust in Him alone? That's where we need to be at today, and that's what we need to overcome in our life, and that's where we need to, to work on and grow in our life and say, God, remove these things out. Take these things out because I want you to be in control of my life. I want my faith to grow. As, as a pastor, and I say my dad do it for years, his greatest joy up here was to see the people that he preached to each week actually growing in their faith. And I see that. I, I saw it some then, but more now this past year. I want you to be able to handle the things that come along in your life. Not that I don't want you to call me. Not that I don't want to pray for you or will not pray for you. But I want, I want you to be able to handle those things when they come along. And, and know... That when you call, hey, I, I need prayer. I need agreement with this right now. I, I, I want you to agree with me that these things are better in my life. And we can stand firm on the Word of God and true because we're trusted in Him. And then we pray together and we work together that God, God will deliver out of those things. So always remember that we serve a faithful God. God's never left us. He's never forsaken us. Just like any of these we read about, He never left their side, did He? He never, he never not saw them through what He called them to do. 
So if God's called you to something, He's going to see you through that in your life. And it, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And so look to Him, trust in Him, and, and don't let the things of this life, what we see in reality right now, because that's what's going on. Like we said, this is reality. That don't have to be the end of it. That don't have to be what we see the rest of our life. We can look and trust in God for things to be different and God to move and work and use us in different ways than He ever has before. Amen? Amen. We all stand this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, where faith is going to start is putting your trust in Him and asking Him to be your Lord and Savior. And then you're taking a step of faith because as we talked about, you're, you're putting your trust and, and asking a God to save you that you've never seen. You've never laid eyes on. But you know that you need Jesus in your life. You know that you have things in your life you need to take care of. And, 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 the, and the thing about and people try to sugarcoat it and say, well, if you're good enough, you'll go to heaven. If you'll go here. If you just do this. No, if you do not confess your sins and, and make Jesus Lord of your life, as the Bible says, if you do not believe in your heart and confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Lord of your life and, and, and ask Him to forgive you your sins and come into your heart, then you will, when you leave this earth, you will go to hell. There's a heaven and there's a hell, as J.J. preached about. You will go to hell. And there's no sugarcoating around that because we can sugarcoat things and, and love people straight to hell, to the gates of hell, and never tell them truth about how Jesus wants them to be, how, how Jesus wants to be Lord of their life. So if you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day for salvation, as we say every week. If, you, if you've walked away in your relationship, today is the day to come back. And know that Jesus is in your life where He needs to be, and you can trust in Him as you need to. And fully know that, that when, you, when you walk out of here, that say, hey, I know that Jesus is my Lord. So check your, check your heart this morning. Have the Holy Spirit move and, and let Him work in your life. And let Him show you the things you need to take care of. We can pray for you. We'd love to pray for you here. If you need prayer for anything else, just come on as the music plays.